What's happening, sports fans? I'm James Fool, and this is what J&J Say Sports. I'm here with my man, Jason Lamb. Yep, yep. And you know we're about to get this party started. All right, folks, check it out. This is uh, the AFC Draft Review. Uh, we got to make sure we talk about each team individually, uh, each division individually, and as well as we got some stuff. We got to talk about Cam Newton with uh, Mac Jones being in the house, as well as the quarterbacks in the NFL, not just the AFC, who are on the hot seat. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Jay, ready to do this? Let's go, man. All right, let's, let's start with the AFC South because I know that's where you want to start. With your Tennessee Titans, who made the playoffs last year, what do you got for their draft, brother? Well, we talked about uh, Caleb Farley in the first round. He's yep. kind of a boomer bust guy. He can come in and be the best corner, and he can come or in not. and to totally dud out. You know, um, I think the only way he really totally duds out is if just these injuries are just – Actually, that devastating. Too much for him. You're you know right. what I mean? If they, if it's not, then I think he's going to be a good pick for us. You're right. Um, but going going off of that, you know, uh, we took Red Ons from the uh, North Dakota State. Yeah, another um, North Dakota State one. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he's going to pan out. Uh, I think it was kind of a makeup pick for us. You know, messing out last year. You know, so we picked another right tackle. Um, he missed basically all of last season. Right. So and. From what we see on tape, it, it's I don't feel like it's really anything to hoot and holler about. That's the problem. You got things so, like that. The, the guys from North Dakota State are from that division. They didn't play last year. Um, so the tape you're going off of is the year younger tape. So you're trying to figure out those those players that come early, they're going to have to be people you want to write home to mom about. And quite yeah. frankly, I agree. I don't think he's one of them that you do. Yeah, I mean, in third round we took Monty Rice from Georgia. Uh, he's, a he's a great tackler, but he makes a lot of mistakes. You know, um, he's a lot of times he's in the wrong place at the wrong, at the wrong time, you know. And uh, I did like the third round pick we got, pick 100 overall, uh, slot cornerback um, Elijah Molden from Washington. So he specializes in the slot. And so that's, with, that's key, especially going against the AFC uh, offenses because most of those guys work most of their stuff through the tight end or through their mm -hmm. slot receiver. And which reality is – almost like a starting position pretty much in the NFL. It is now, now that you're running it's the nickel defense. Like it's right. Job. It's basically like a starting position. Right. So um, so what kind of grade do you give the Titans then, man? I didn't think it was real good, man. I give them a C. A C. You know, I'll give them a pass, but I'm not real – as a fan, I'm really not happy with it. Well, talking about a, a team that the fans have not been real happy with, but they should be considering the fact they just picked up Carson Wentz, is the uh, Colts. Who do you got? Well, they took Quiddy Pay in the first round from Michigan. Love we it. talked about. Um, yeah, I think he's a great player, a great fit. Um, after that, um, I don't really know, man. Uh, they took in the fourth round. They took uh, Granson from SMU. Mm -hmm. um, this guy's really. I think he's going to end up playing fullback. I don't really see this guy as a tight end. Um, I don't think he's really, really good at route runner. No, they they're trying to use him as a hybrid player. I, I think that's what it is. I think it's what it's going to be, man. I yeah. think he's. I think you're going to find him more in the backfield more often. I agree. Um, I I wasn't too keen on this draft. Uh, I think El, uh, Ellinger, they took you know late. I think he's like a lottery pick. I don't think anybody needs to worry about him. I think they just literally just kind of took through. They, I feel like they're just throwing a lot of darts. Yeah, it, it wasn't even taking the best available. They were just taking the best. That they thought who was the best available for the positions they need, and that's when you're if, when you start doing things like that in the draft, that's when you start mortgaging your future. But the problem is that with Philip Rivers last year, they were eleven and five. Uh, yeah. I, was that a product of that division just being crap anyway? Probably, 
But we'll talk about uh, Wentz and being their sort of starting quarterback here uh, a little bit later. Yep. So what kind of grade did you give them? I gave them a C because I like really like the Quiddy Pay pick. Yeah, I agree. I think you that I, mean? I think that saved their draft. I wanted to give them like a D plus or a C minus area, but yeah. I think that it's hard to. I really like that first pick. Yeah, well, they got it right. All right, speaking of another first round pick, uh, the Tennessee. Or my apologies, the Houston Texans. Um, we don't even know if they're going to have a quarterback next year, to be honest with you. Uh, the, this quarterback went from being the the bell of the ball where everybody wanted him, and now all of a sudden um, the only people that want him right now seem to be the authorities. So uh, what do you feel about their draft? Well, they took with their first pick, which was third round, 67 overall. They have <laughs> they took uh, They took Davis Mills from Stanford. Um, I feel like he's a project quarterback, um, and I think he needs, like, a lot of time to develop. I think he could develop into a starting quarterback. I, I don't think it's out of the realm for him, but I think – because I think he has some of the tools that you need. Uh, but I think that it's going to take him a while to develop, and this team's so terrible that he might just get thrown in the frying, frying pan right away as a third-round quarterback because yeah, what else are they going to do? They you know? may knock the football out of him. The problem being is the fact that a lot of people were thinking that he was just as – if not better than the quarterback that the Buccaneers took in Kyle Trask. So there's a lot of people who believe that he's he is amongst that third-tier quarterbacks that um, – and obviously Lawrence being on a tier all by himself. But um, what kind of grade do you give them? I didn't like the rest of their draft. Me I mean, it's, it's really hard to like. It wasn't much being there, right? Right. It wasn't much. It's kind of almost – it's very similar to the Seahawks situation, you know, as far as right. just not having a lot of uh, guys to – you know, choose from and right. later picks. I, I ended up giving them a D, not a D minus. D minus, man. No, you would have failed them if you could, huh? And that's not the <laughs> fact that you're a Titans fan. You just honestly think that, huh? Yeah, All right. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm going D minus. Moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Speaking of top tier quarterbacks that they picked up, how are you feeling about their draft? Um, you know, well, they got their they got the guy of their future, the Trevor Lawrence. Ball. Yep. Um, so everybody knew he's a, he was basically the first overall pick for almost a year now. Feels like. Yeah. Um. And then we talked about Travis Etienne, how he checks all, all the boxes. Um, I know you weren't too keen on it, drafting a running back that early, especially a team that's like really real rebuilding. Um, I'm not too big on taking running backs in the first round either, but I did sit, mention that I like the, his fit, you know, because it's, it's somebody that somebody that Lawrence is definitely comfortable with, um, you know, so it kind of gives him that comfort zone back there. Um, and, man, Travis Etienne, man, 30 – 30, he had 37 big-time plays since 2008 of 25-plus yards or more. 37. Yeah. Um, he's a great pass catcher. Um, I feel like they probably should have took Newsom in, with this pick, the cornerback yeah. the Browns took, which we'll talk more about later. But I thought they should have took Newsom with this pick. Um, and then I think at 33, which was their next pick, that was their second-round pick, they could, they could have still got ETN, I feel. I agree with that 100%. We said that in our last episode. So, but they didn't. So they instead they did the complete opposite. They went ETN with that 25 overall, and then 33 overall they went with uh, Tyson Campbell out of Georgia, who I think is a reach. I think he's more like a, a fifth round uh, corner. You know, I thought he was more like a, a day three corner. Yeah, there's definitely more corners that were on the board, especially at that point. Um, so they did the complete opposite. I felt like they really could have uh, made this. Still got ETN and made made this a big made this corner pick a big a big value. Yeah, uh, and they didn't. Um, but 
I felt like uh, later in the draft they picked up Walker Little out of Stanford, uh, a tackle, which obviously is a big big thing they need, big hole that big hole they can fill. Um, so I really like that pick. Um, you know, I, I like the Jordan Smith pick, at, the edge rusher out of UAB. Um, I definitely like that pick. Um, I I thought it was a decent draft overall. Um, you know, I thought it could have been a lot better considering, you know, you already knew that they were going to get a decent grade by just obviously making the right pick and taking, taking uh, Trevor Lawrence first overall. Could you imagine if they did not take yeah, Trevor Lawrence right. first overall? You don't, you have to. Like, there's no – I just yeah, – I'm just saying. There's not imagine? even – even if you didn't want him and there was – there's not even a trade scenario to get out of that. That's it. Like, that was like literally that's no. how bad it was. There's, you can't even trade out of that spot. I mean, you could, obviously, if you want to. But, I mean, but you like, should. But you should. Uh, I gave him a B- minus because I thought it was a pretty – decent draft i felt like it could have been better but it all obviously they they filled holes they they made the pick of the future I'm overall you, i just gave him a b minus i'm with you 100 i i would say b b minus um mainly because the fact that the players that they took um maybe we don't agree with 100 but there's like legitimate rationale of why they picked these players it wasn't just um like the arizona cardinals or some of the other teams that just kind of pulled people out of the sky. Um, they definitely – you can understand why they picked them. Mm-hmm. So, all right, moving on to the NFC East, uh, where the Bills, who their fans, boy, they are really loving the fact that Bills Mafia, uh, it's a team that's up and coming. Uh, it's a team that um, – my own personal opinion is it's a team that is going to be here for a little while to stay. So what do you feel about their draft, Joe? Well, I didn't like their first-round pick, Rousseau. I thought Rousseau was probably like a second to third round grade. Right. Um, so I wasn't really uh, – but, I mean, it was like they were one of the teams that have like a more complete – not that they don't have holes, but they have like a more complete roster. So they can kind of like – And let's be honest. like let's, Gamble. And that's the thing, right? The gambling is the whole part. If if you're a team like the Bills or you're picking, let's say, 22 to 31, um, the 22nd pick to the 31st pick to a second-round pick really isn't much – of a difference, right? In the player scale, mm-hmm. there's a heck of a lot of difference between the 12th, the 12th pick and the 22nd pick. You know, you can't miss on those picks there, but I got a feeling that they can make reaches for people that are supposed to be in the second round and, and people shouldn't really question them. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about reaches. Uh, I want to talk about their third, their second round pick first though. Mm-hmm. 61 overall, uh, Carlos Basham jr. From Wake Forest. Right. Don't see, be surprised if this dude ends up better than Gary Russo. Like, don't be surprised. Like, this dude, I think he's pretty legit, man. I think yeah. Basham Jr. is pretty legit. Um, I think he's actually going to end up better, and he got picked 31 picks later. Right. Um, so I really like that pick. Um, but speaking of reaching, their round three, 93 overall, Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa. Like, I don't even understand this pick. I know they need an offensive line, but this dude was, like, almost – an undrafted free agent caliber. Yeah, you, like, you're not ranking. the only person that I've that I've read say that. Really? Like, yeah, I think I've dude. I think this guy. The earliest I would even consider, like, I wouldn't even consider drafting him. But the earliest I would have considered drafting was like the sixth round, sixth round, seventh round. Yeah, you know, so he would have been like a lot. If you wanted to grab a lottery ticket, fine. That, that, that that's fine for a lottery ticket or whatever. If wow. you really like the guy, but um, so that really, to me, that really hurt them in this draft. I think. Um, I did like the corner they took from Wisconsin, and he, he is like probably one of the coolest last names, um, Rashad Wild Goose. <laughs> um, I thought he was a great. I thought he was a great lottery pick. He's a guy I really liked that I thought could have been like a fourth or fifth round 
value, mm-hmm. and they took him in the sixth round. So, I mean, there's parts about this draft I liked. There's parts about this draft I didn't like. I ended up just giving him a C overall because I really it was hard for me to decide where I was going with these guys. Right. All right, so uh, you got a C grade for them. Mm-hmm. How about the Dolphins, who were on the precipice of making the playoffs at 10-6 and 6 last year with Tua starting and having the closer – uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick leave for Washington. Yeah, I mean, Dolphins. We we talked about their first two picks last episode. Yep. You know, Phillips and Waddle. Um, you know, I thought the Waddle's pick was a good, wasn't a bad pick for him. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm liking it too. I, I'm I'm definitely liking it too. Um, Phillips. I know you. I know you like Phillips a lot. You yeah. know, we're just we're all we're just worried about how much football is left in Phillips. That's the um, question. You can tell the dude loves football, but it's just like how much can he can can a guy take? Your like, body only has a certain amount of hits. And he's like, dude, if he doesn't have any of those hits, he's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. he, he who knows? The guy can have a full NFL career and end up being possibly end up being a Hall of Famer for you know or a perennial Pro Bowl defensive end and not and be fine. The good thing is defensive end, you usually don't take a lot of too many bad hits at defensive end. You take a lot of blindside hits though. That's the Double that's the scary. Blinds. That's the scary thing. And with the NFL really cracking down on that blindside stuff, that's obviously going to be a big help for him because the NFL Absolutely. is really cracking down on yeah. blindside stuff, you yeah. know. Um but, you know, talk about the rest of their draft. I thought the safety they took at 36 uh Holland was a reach. You know, um, I know they needed safety, but I felt like it was a reach. Like I think that they could have took them with that forty-second pick that they had, where they took uh, Eichenberg from uh, Notre Dame. Right. Um, now Eichenberg from Notre Dame. I mean, last season they played. He he allowed zero sacks. Yeah, he's gonna be a huge help for Tua. I think so, concerned. man. I think I think Eichenberg's a pretty. I think he's pretty good. Yeah. You know, I really like that pick. You know, so. Yeah, man, I, I I like their draft overall. I thought it was a B, man. I gave there them a B. I, I didn't think it was a, a great draft, but I also thought it was a, a good draft. I got to tell you, man, I am the most surprised person that in the past two years, maybe going closer to three, the Dolphins have made moves that just are right. Just makes sense. It just and that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> everything, everything they're doing makes sense. Everything they're doing is makes sense makes sense, but yeah. doesn't make any sense at all that they're doing it. Yeah. All right, and sliding on to uh the New York Jets. Who do you got, guy? New York Jets, man. Yep. Um I I have to say I really like the New York Jets draft. Um we talked about Zach Wilson. I, I wasn't Zach Wilson's the one that I'm like really worried about, to be honest with you. The rest of the draft, the rest of the draft I really like. Yeah, it's Zach Wilson was the one like that I was kind of like, you know, that I'll, I'd be scared as a Jets fan. I'm like, dude, we we take this guy. This is our this is our one one of our one of the few chances you have to just go in and you take mortgage it. your future. You got rid yeah. of Darnold. You you yep. guys said this guy is better than Darnold today. Yep, exactly. Um, you know, and I, I'm I really wasn't thinking that, but you know, we talked about Vera Tucker, and and you know, later on how they moved up to take Vera Tucker. Um, I thought that was a great pick. You know, Wilson's going to need this guy for sure. Yeah. You know, um, but Elijah Moore in the third from Ole Miss, I thought that was a good value. I did too. Good value um, pick. Yeah, I thought it was a good value. And the, another really good value was Michael Carter out of North Carolina. Yeah. Like a lot of people aren't really talking about Michael Carter because he is playing behind Javante Williams. But, dude, Michael Carter, If okay, imagine if there was no Javante Williams, only Michael Carter. Michael Carter, it would be a top – he'd be like a top two or three running back in the draft. Like he would be right up there with ETN 
and right up there with Najee Harris, yep. you know, as a guy that we're talking about. Like, that's how I think that's how talented Car- uh, and- Michael Carter is. And for them to get him, you know, in the, the fourth round, 107 overall, right. um, he could end up being the starting running back on this football team. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely like Michael Carter. Um, so they also of- drafted another Michael Carter, too. <laughs> that's funny. In the fifth round, they took a corner Michael Carter out of Duke. Um, I gave him a B plus overall. You know, it's it, it was one of the better. I thought it was one of the better drafts of the league. Yeah. Um, and this is this is an A plus draft if Zach Wilson pans out as a. I would say even if he's a at, even if at worst he's a top fifteen quarterback right. in the NFL at some point, I would I would say this draft would be an A plus. Listen, all they have to do is get three wins to have a better year than the last year. <laughs> That's all I have to say. All right, so sliding in. Uh, finally, how about the New England Patriots? I know your love for them, so <laughs> let's try to be uh, objective here. Yeah, right. <laughs> what kind of draft do you got for them? Um, I like their draft. I thought it was pretty good. Um, you know, we're not we're not sure about Mac Jones. You know, we, we and we'll talk about him very soon. We're gonna talk. We'll get dig into him more. So I'm not gonna go too much into Mac Jones at all. Um, but you know, I just feel like you got to trust Belichick. You know, I feel like you got to trust Belichick. I like his quarterback track record. You're on, you're definitely on the fence about it. Um, but I actually like his tra- quarterback track record. Um, so it's hard for me to go against that. But moving on to their, they moved up to take Christian Barmore, who like is yeah. a guy that we definitely talked about uh, when we were talking, when we went over the first round, you know, we're like, we talked about how this guy sh- was, should have and, and was supposed to be and should have been a first round pick. Um, we talk about how this guy's the best defensive interior uh, lineman in the draft, the best defensive tackle in the draft, really. Should have been a top 15 to top 20 player. Right. There's no way he should have went past 20. For them to trade up and take him at 38 yeah. overall, that is a great pickup. Yeah, player. I agree. Um, I also like the uh, running back they got in the fourth, uh, Ramondre Stevenson from Oklahoma. I feel like he's kind of like a, a blunt. 2.0. That's pretty much what they go. That's that. That's a team that doesn't value the running back at all. Yep. So yep. they see those interchangeable parts. I would have to say, other than Barmore, my favorite pick in this draft was uh, Cameron McGrone out of Michigan. The dude is a sideline to sideline dude, and he reminds me of Ryan Shazier. That's saying you a know? lot. Um, I'm Shazier was one of my favorite linebackers yeah. while he was playing. Um, I really like this McGrone guy. I don't know if he's going to be as good as Shazier, but that's like who – that's like when I watch him, that's the first that's, who that's the first guy that pops in my head that, you know, he reminds me of. So um, I know it's given a lot of uh, a lot of praise for a guy who hasn't touched an NFL field yet, but I really like this guy. I see what Belichick sees in him. You know, um, I think I think the Patriots had a pretty good draft. I'm going to give him a, a – hard to judge Mac Jones, but I'm going to give him a B. I, I like him a solid it. Solid B. All right, so there you go, B for the Patriots. So what we're going to do here is we're going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, we're going to come back. we got to talk about some of the quarterbacks that are on the hot seat, and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back, sports fans, to What J&J Say Sports. I just got done taking care of half the AFC in our draft review. But now I want to do something that's a little bit fun, man. Jay came up with this, and he really wants to knock it out, and I thought it was a great idea. So uh, here we go. We got the quarterbacks, the big old QBs. Who are the ones that are on the hot seat? Jay, who do you think is on the hot seat throughout the entire NFL? 
So starting off my list, I want to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's Which is the, probably the most obvious one. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty obvious. He's obviously on the hot seat. Um, you know, they drafted Trey Lance. So, um, And they said that Jimmy G's our guy this year is what they said. So um, Really, they should say this moment because he could hurt himself getting out of the car, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, it's kind of The guy like, gets uh, hurt every 10 minutes. Yeah, kind of like, yeah. <laughs> um, he's definitely on the hot seat. Uh, for sure, I think a, an interesting one. I think is Matt Ryan on is on the hot seat, and it, honestly, I feel like it's really not his fault. But like we talked about before, but he's kind of on the hot seat in the sense that okay, if this isn't working, then we just need to move on. Type of hot seat. I think this is where the Falcons made their mistake this year. I think they fell in love with the ideology of having um, Pitts on their team a la Tony Gonzalez, right? Mm-hmm. I think they feel like they got another Tony Gonzalez uh, type, which I don't actually think is too far off. Mm-hmm. But they were in love with that more than they were in love with the idea of getting their team back to normalcy, which wasn't going to be this year. Yeah. Again, we said it. He, They're they're not going to win with them. They are, they're not going to win without them. They're really not going to win with them. Yeah. Um, they're just going to get themselves in a mediocre playoff spot. And, I mean – they could have traded him for a ton of draft capital this year. Yeah. And they did not even make that effort. And the fact is that they should have had somebody in their face saying, you guys are not that good. And looking at the division that they're in, it's not going to get any better, especially with the Bucks rolling the way they are and the Saints that I don't think they fell off very much. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. My, uh, my next dude on the hot seat is Jared Goff. Detroit Lions. I've been think, on the hot seat every year, though. I know. I think. I think the Lions are just. They're only going to because they obviously he was more of like a throw-in guy for the draft for the trade. Yeah. Just to give them like a quality. I would say Goff is a quality starter. Not really a quality starter, but he's a guy that like. It's hard. He's to one of the best thirty-two guys on the planet. All right. right that's right. I feel like yeah. I feel like he's a guy that you can have start on your offense as yeah. quarterback, and not be like totally dumbfounded but i feel like the lions are going to give this dude they're going to give golf one shot this is golf's last shot to be in my opinion to be a starting quarterback in the nfl agreed if it does not work with the detroit lions which i don't think it will if it does not work with the detroit lions he's gonna end up being a career backup i think he's good enough to be a career backup for sure but he's gonna end up being a career backup the rest of his career let's be honest all right matt stafford is way better a quarterback than Jared Goff. Yes. Matt Stafford, hell, I call the man Pat Stafford because he puts tons of stats up. So who cares how many stats Jared Goff puts up considering the fact that they didn't win with Stafford. They're not going to win with Goff. I don't think so. It doesn't matter. They just And they lost a lot this offseason too. Yes, and that's the problem is that it's a team which blows my mind. They're in a division where they need to score tons of points. And for and and the NFL game is leaning towards the offensive side of the ball, and they decide to go quarterback, or I'm sorry, they decide to go defense and a defensive coach, which doesn't make it blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, I, I you know they've they've had this that franchise has had issues for years on making. The They're doing the complete decision. opposite of everything that the Dolphins are doing. Yes, exactly. They're like polar opposites. <laughs> So, um, yeah, all these quarterbacks I'm talking about too are just in no particular order. They're just guys I wanted to bring up that yeah. I feel like are on the hot seat. So I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you which hot seat is hotter than which. Um, Daniel Jones, New York Giants. Really, you think so? I think so, man. Wow. I think that 
you know, I think that the Giants have put a very good offense together, you know, and now I will say that the Giants' lack of success has not been Daniel Jones's fault. I think it's but been injuries. It's been, been it's been, it's been, yeah, injuries have been their lack of success, but everybody's coming in the season healthy this year. If everybody stays healthy and Jones has a bad season, I definitely see him on the hot seat for sure, you know? Um, so I think he's definitely a guy that, that's an interesting one, but I, I don't think he's on the hot seat, like exactly like this moment. But I think if they, if, like I said, if the offense offense is primed now, offensive line, yes, that's an issue for sure. Um, that they haven't really, I don't think it really like, they haven't addressed that at all. They haven't really addressed it, you know, I mean, but they had guys out, out and guys missed time. So I think they're just leaning on that. That's an interesting one to me. I will say but that much. if, if everything, if everybody stays healthy and and Jones and this team is still not successful yeah. with everybody with all this offensive talent that they've amassed, um, which I think is actually really good. I really like this team offensively. Mm-hmm. I like the weapons that he has. I'll yeah. say, like I You're love right. his weapons. You're right. Um, so if if this doesn't work out uh, this season, I think at the end of the season he'll he'll definitely be on the hot seat. Maybe so. Maybe his seat's warming up. I'll say. Yeah. Right. Maybe his seat's warming up. Um, another guy, obviously, they brought in Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke. You know, he's he's definitely on the hot seat for yeah. sure. I think, uh, you know, I I'm not going to be surprised. I will not be surprised at all when Teddy when Teddy Bridgewater is starting for this yeah. team this season. I just think they they see they see um, Drew Locke as a backup quarterback, and he's just been. I guess they took a flyer on him. That's what he was. Now they brought in Teddy Two Gloves, and if they can wind up trading for Aaron Rodgers, then Drew Locke will be. He won't even be there. Yeah, he won't, yeah. And then he won't, him yeah. being there absolutely won't yeah. make sense at that point. No, I don't think his seat's warm. I think his seat is in fuego. Yeah, <laughs> it's disintegrating. Exactly. <laughs> um, he's sitting on the ground. <laughs> um, Derek Carr, Las Vegas Raiders. It doesn't make sense. It to doesn't. Me. It doesn't to me either. It doesn't to me either. Now I totally disagree with him being on the hot seat. But this dude feels like he's been on the hot seat with this team since day one. Not, and I'm not, I'm saying even since before, Gruden walked in. I'm even saying even a little bit before a little bit before Gruden even came in. Not oh not his entire career, yeah. but a little bit. Even like the year, the season prior to Gruden even walking in, he was on the hot seat. And now that Gruden comes in, all he's done is produce for a crappy team. I know. And now that Gruden comes in. And doesn't like him, and like it makes the management even not like him because they didn't weren't liking him before Gruden even got it's, hired. It's insane. He speaks so well about every other quarterback in the league except for his own. Yeah, it makes no sense at all. Yeah, no. And so I mean, I think his seat's pretty much disintegrated. I think Gruden's looking every which way to to. They just move don't on. have a better option. Yeah, they yeah they just they can't come up with yeah. a better option. He's, he gets the eight and eight every year, and they just can't. It, they can't pick up anybody. Yeah, I really don't think it's – I really like Derek Carr. I think he's pretty good. But he's definitely on the hot seat. I think uh, we were talking about it earlier when we were talking about uh, last episode. Um, about who? Dark horse teams that yeah. that Rodgers could go to. And I mentioned the Cleveland Browns as like a dark horse trade deadline type team right. um, if Baker's not working out. Baker, I feel like he's kind of on the hot seat, man. I think you're the only one that thinks that. Really, I, I think really he's, do. I think what my, I think my biggest problem is like I think like this team is so ready to win and win big. Like I don't know about Super Bowl, I don't know, but this team is definitely 
uh, AFC championship caliber team. They could easily be in the AFC championship. And I think it really rests on Baker Mayfield's shoulders. Well, yeah, because they, they get their, their spark. If, if he's playing amazing and they, they get their spark from him, but also if he's playing like crap, no one on the, no one else in that team they can't make up for it. Right, but I don't think that puts him on the hot seat. Though. I think it does. Interesting. I like it. I think it, it does. Okay. I, I think it does. I think I think they got, you know, I think I think with the whole coaching change and, and everything else, I think, you know, they're not married to him. They didn't draft him. They're not. Him. They have no they have no nothing they invested. Did, they in did him. not draft him. You're right. You know what I mean? So come trade deadline, if let's say the Browns with this crazy roster that they have, which I think is one of the best in the league. Yeah. Let's say the Browns are are you know five hundred or less, you know maybe even less. Let's say the Browns are like come. Let's say come. Let's say come week eight. You know I don't know exactly where their bye week is. Let's just say they played eight games or whatever. Let's say come week eight they're three and five. Yeah. It all depends on how far the Ravens or the Steelers are out in front of them. Really. Yeah. So, so. all right, who um, else yeah, you got? So I've definitely got um, Baker Mayfield, but also Ben Roethlisberger. It almost feel like the Steelers didn't want Ben Roethlisberger, even if he took the pay cut. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I know they keep bringing him, they you know they're bringing him in or whatever. They're gonna try one more time, but I almost feel like they didn't even want to do that. So he's definitely on the hot seat, but he's more on the hot seat for like retirement. You know, not really. Obviously, if he leaves the Steelers, he ain't playing for anybody else. Yeah. So he's. I feel like he's on the hot seat for retirement. But he's still on the hot seat. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So they 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 won't hesitate if they if the other Steelers if, come out and, and bomb, which I kind of feel like they're going to. Yeah, if they come out and bomb, and just totally the totally Steelers, um, I feel like they're just going to pull Roethlisberger. The problem with the Steelers is that they didn't have a better option. They really didn't, mm-hmm. right? And that's the whole deal is that they just did not have a better option. So they went with the best option that they had available, and it was restructuring his deal because mm-hmm. they were not going to bring him back at almost forty some million dollars a year. Oh heck no! So that's the way it works. My last guy on the hot seat that I wanted to talk about. You got you. All right, go ahead. Are we are we missing one? Because I got one. Do you got one? Bring yeah. him up. All right. Bring him up then. Carson Wentz. You think he's on the as new as he is on the on the team? I think he's on the hot seat for the NFL. <laughs> bro, the bro. whole league. Like so when he is healthy, I was thinking about Carson killer. Wentz when I came up with my list. He is killer. But I honestly think that if he gets injured this year, he's done, man. Yeah, and that's I and mean, that's the thing. So I'm not thinking anyone doesn't think he can play because I think the dude's amazing. I think he can roll. The problem is he hasn't been around long enough to roll. Yeah. And that's his deal. So I really think that if he gets injured and it's a long injury this year, no one else is going to take a fly on this guy, man. I really think so. They're going to tell him his Prince Prince Harry lookalike self to head on out, man. You know, that's what they're going to tell him. Take it to the crib, bro. Take it to the crib. He does look so like that's, that's the one I want to bring up, but not because he can't play. Yeah. So that's yeah, off. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I could, I could roll with that. I, I agree. I mean, because he's just missed so much, football, so man. much football. He missed so much, so much football. I, I'm, I'm going with the, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt as far as like that Eagle regime and and the way everything panned out at the end there. Yeah. I don't think he's that quarterback that that we. I don't think he's the quarterback that we last saw in Philadelphia. No, he he is closer. Honestly, I think he's closer to the quarterback uh, that, that he almost MVP. won MVP and almost that MVP, yeah. Colts. Team that roster is, is ready legit. To go. Is ready to go. That is not the Eagles. Yeah. All right. 
that is not the Eagles. And have, that that roster, that that Colts roster is very good. Exactly. So, all right. Your last guy that you have going on. Last guy I have is Cam Newton. I'm so glad you brought him up. Everyone knows how I feel about Cam Newton. (laughs) Cam Newton, the New England Patriots. Um, I feel like, you know, I feel like he's on the hot seat. Um, Obviously, they took a quarterback. They took Mac Jones with the first overall pick. Um, First overall, their first overall pick. (laughs) Sorry, their first overall pick. Um, They took Mac Jones with their first pick, and uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like. I think the, I think the Patriots giving this Cam Newton thing one more quick shot to see if they can get them some launch pad into the playoffs. You know, um, they rebuilt the roster, so they're trying to win. The Patriots are trying to get back to winning football Absolutely. right That's now. Not even a question right now, um, and they got well Cam Newton on a pretty decent deal. Um, I think that the Patriots are trying to give Cam the benefit of the doubt since how last year was his first year with with the squad. So um, I think, but I, I, they will not. They already benched him last year. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So who's to say that they won't? If so it, here's the deal. Things get rocky. They won't bench him this year. All right. Year. So I'll put aside the fact that everybody on this has a long time listeners program knows how I feel about Cam Newton. I'll put all that aside. Um, the the Patriots are trying to use him as the 2015 Cam Newton, right? Essentially, uh, Sean uh, McDaniel's. He is trying to utilize the same offense that he did with Tim Tebow in Denver, right? That's not happening, okay? That is not the way Bill Belichick wants to play football, all right? He's not comfortable with playing football like that. And I understand that because, hell, in the past 20 years, he hasn't played football like that. Yeah. So he got a quarterback that's closer in in, um, Mac Jones to Tom Brady than Cam Newton is to Tom Brady. Yeah, totally. With all the injuries, all the problems, and honestly, as far as I'm concerned, I think the Patriots are in the exact same boat as the Steelers when it comes to their quarterback position. I just think he was the best option that was available for them. Pretty much. Right? So, now here's the question. They're trying to utilize him as the 2015 Cam Newton. Should they start trying to utilize Cam Newton as what Mac Jones' skill set is moving forward? As in – a pocket passer, scramble a little bit when you can. You're not going to run the ball with him. What do you think? I think it's going to totally. If they try to do that, it's going to totally blow up in their face. I think the only chance they have, only chance they have at success with Cam Newton, is to play Cam Newton. Is to play Cam Newton football. But nobody's scared of Cam Newton football anymore. No, they're not. Um, I, I like I said, I, I felt like I felt like he lost his legs a few years ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's still like. Obviously, way better than better than the better better than the average quarterback. At, is at, he way better at, than Mac Jones right now? I'm saying at, at like at running, you yeah. know, at scrambling or whatever yeah. you want to call. But I'm it. talking or about the quarterback runs. position. At, for, uh, if it was me, man, I I honestly feel like I'd be looking towards putting in Mac Jones at some point this season. Yeah, I don't want to throw. I don't want to throw Mac Jones out there right away. You know what I'm saying? I want you know, but I feel like the Patriots have. They have, you know, they have definitely have a good run game. They have, in my opinion, probably the best offensive line in, in football. Uh, um, I think, yeah, they lack at the wide receiver position. Um, but if you play some, but uh, you know, they're obviously going to use these tight ends that they just picked up, Hunter Henry and Jenny Smith, as almost as wide receivers. Not maybe not like playing wide receiver positions, but as like their main attack for the offensive. You don't spend that kind of money if you're not planning on just. They're going to be their main passing attack. All you're telling, everything you're saying right now tells me 
that they are trying to build the perfect Alabama offense, and they should get Mac Jones in there right away. I think so, but I also think that I think that it could. I see avenues for it working with Cam Newton. I don't. I do see his accuracy is terrible. He looks to run first. I don't want to beat on this man because I've done it enough in all these episodes we've ever had. But I just don't think he's an NFL caliber quarterback anymore. I I don't think so either. But what the see the thing is, I think they changed this offense to. I think they changed the offense to fit both. Because you're right, it is a very Alabama style offense, right? Yeah. Okay, so it doesn't that obviously fits Mac Jones, but I also say, think in a sense it also fits Cam Newton because it, it's it's also a very you know it's going to be very run heavy. Okay, so now if you have Cam Newton on top of uh, Steven drafting Stevenson, they have Sonny Michelle, they have um, the other kid who's probably going to be their starting running back now at this point. But um, and then they have this great offensive line. And you throw Cam Newton in there, that's like another – that's like literally having an extra blocker every single play. I get that. Because you could just mow everybody down. But the problem is with it, not one team in the NFL is worried about Cam Newton throwing the ball. All right, they're going to stuff the box. That's going to eliminate that entire run. They're not concerned with that man throwing that ball at all. Is he going to get a couple of them? Of course he is. He's a great athlete. Mac Jones, at least, at least the fact that he can hit these guys down the field. His accuracy is actually – Way better than Cam Newton. It's like one of the most positive things about Right, so that's what I'm saying. So, like, now all of a sudden you can't have – you can't stuff the box with nine guys in the box. You know what I mean? I mean, it's going to be tough enough to have eight guys in the box. I think you still can with him being a rookie and then them having – I don't know, man. He played in the SEC, and he played against some big boys, man. Yeah, but you're talking – he had freaking – he had, like – Waddle. I'm not saying he's going to be hitting these guys wide open, man. What I'm saying is he's got a better chance than Newton does as far as I can. I just think think they're still going to stack the box. I think think Newton's still hurt. Yeah, of course they will start, and that makes sense because I would too. But he will will give them a better opportunity to open up the field. I think so. I think you're right about that. I think you're right about that. But I I think if they want to play bully ball, though, I think Cam Newton is going to give him a better opportunity to to play bully. That there, goes without saying. There was games. There was plenty of games where Cam Newton was just taking over the um, taking over the game. Yeah, which is his just his running alone. But that goes back. Saw that. But that goes back to the point that I'll be making in the very beginning that Bill Belichick is not comfortable playing that style. That's true. Of I don't think he is. So. I think you're right. All right, guys, we're going to take a little break now. Jason and I have to go hug it out real quick. So uh, (laughs) we'll be right back. Welcome back, sports fans, to What J&J Say Sports. Uh, We just had a little heated debate about uh, Cam Newton and the quarterbacks who were on the hot seat. But um, now we're going to slide on to finishing up our draft review of the AFC. And we'll head on to the AFC North. Does that sound good, Jay? That sounds great. All right, let's start off with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, In our last segment, we made sure we hit their quarterback situation very hard. So what do you feel about their draft, Jay? Yeah, uh, we talked about Najee Harris in the first round. Last time time we had – well, last time we reviewed the Steelers draft, um, how we didn't like it at all. Um, we had way, way bigger needs, and they should have went elsewhere. I feel like it was like the fan pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like a pick basically like if like the fans got the vote. They had a voting. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe it's not Sponsored right. Sponsored by 7-Up Zero Sugar. Yeah, exactly. 
So, um, so I felt like it was almost like a fan pick. Uh, yeah. But their second round pick, fifty five overall, uh, Friermuth from uh, Penn State. Um, I felt like this was the right spot for him to be drafted, right area, you know, like like mid second. But I or maybe to end towards the end of the second. But I don't feel I'm not dig, I'm not digging the fit fit or the. Pick. That's what I say. It's the right time, wrong team. Wrong team, exactly. You know, I definitely didn't like it. Um, I feel like the. Uh, the tackle they took in the fourth round, which they like, probably where they should have went in the first round of the yeah. draft. Um, the tackle they took in the fourth mount, fourth round, Dan Moore, uh, Texas A and M. I feel like he was like a dart on the they board, got, you know? like them just throwing a dart yeah. out there. When when they, I mean, when you have a position that you are like really really lacking in, and it's a deep draft, and it's a deep draft for that position, yeah. and then you just let everything pass you up, and you just throw a dart in the fourth yeah. round. Like, they got. They got an old ass quarterback who can't move that needs to be protective, and they decide they weren't going to do it. Yep. So um, yeah, it's gonna I be mean, a long season for the Steelers, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. I, I the only reason that they I, the only reason that they didn't get it really almost didn't get an F in this draft is because I actually like the first two players they picked. I actually like Najee Harris. He's a good player. Yeah, he's a good player. I actually, but like they're not Frymouth. a running back away. Right. I like Farmuth in the sec in the uh, Pat Farmuth in the second. Yeah. Um, he's a good player, so I like the players, and that's the only reason that that I I gave him a D plus. There you go. You know, because if they they possibly if if those were two players I didn't like, they would have literally got an F. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, so. we'll slide on to my Baltimore Ravens. Um, they are a team that's built ready to win right now. What do you got, Jack? One of my favorite drafts in the league. Let's be honest. Like, let's take 100% my bias away. <laughs> this team drafts well every they do. single they do. It's Newsome, year. dude. It's Ozzie Newsome. It's every year. I mean, it's, not, I mean it's him and his whole team. You know what I mean? It's not just Ozzie Newsome. Yeah. It's the whole, whole cold scouting crew and all that. But I mean, he heads that whole department, you know what I mean? So, and dude, Ozzie Newsom is a Hall of Fame freaking uh, uh, general manager. Like, I know, I know that he's retired, but you're not going to tell me he doesn't jump in there every single time for draft time. Oh, it is, dude. Yeah. He, dude, he is. He is totally, totally, totally still uh, involved in the organization. Yeah. All right, let's move no on to this doubt. draft. What do you got? Um, the first, the first round pick. Uh, 20, 27 overall, Rashad Bateman. We talked about how much we loved him. Yeah. Uh, how he was, I felt like he was a little bit of a steal. Probably should have went 10 picks earlier or mm-hmm. close to it. Um, and the, uh, oh, wait, the Penn State edge rusher. I, he's obviously first round talent too. Fantastic for that defense. Also. Did you know that he ran a 439 40 yard dash? Did you know that? That's not even fair. <laughs> Something that big should not move that fast. Exactly. That was pretty crazy. Um, I would have to say though, maybe my favorite pick of the Ravens draft, and one of my favorite picks of the draft, is Ben Cleveland out of Georgia. Yeah, the two, uh, the two, two, the three hundred and sixty pound guard that they took should have easily been taken in the second round. Um, they got, you know, with the steal, uh, the ninety four overall pick probably should have been picked somewhere at least in the fifties. Right. Um, so I felt like he was a big steal. Huge people mover. Obviously, this team loves to run the football. He he's a he fits them like a glove. You know, um, I definitely love that. I definitely love that pick for sure. All right. So, what kind of grade do you give my Baltimore Ravens? A minus. I'd have to agree with you on that. Um, yeah, I definitely have to agree with you on that. And and honestly, the whole reason why I can't give them an A is because they didn't have a second round pick and they didn't have uh, their picks are later. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, they kind of made up for it though with that with that. 
Cleveland pick. Oh, I agree. You know what I mean? They got a second round caliber player. I agree. In the third. And that's what they do. So, yeah. all right. Well, moving on to the Cleveland Browns. Speaking of Cleveland, um, they probably have one of the deepest, if not the deepest roster in the NFL. So, what do you got for them? This might be my this might be my favorite 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 draft hmm. of all the teams. Really, it, it's it's definitely up there. It's definitely in my top three or four. Yeah, I would say probably in my top five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about Greg Newsom. Yep. You know, a, a bit talked about he's a blue collar corner. Right. Uh, you don't see that very often. Just very very blue collar, hard nosed, grab his lunchbox every day, corner. Yep. You know, uh, I think he's gonna fit this team like a glove. Mm-hmm. Um, blue collar town, but also. Awusu Karamora from Notre Dame, they got with the 52nd overall pick. Right. That is absolutely a steal. Outstanding. Yeah. Like, that might be the steal of the draft, honestly. Well, I'll say so. Um, I think he's easily the number two linebacker in the draft, mm-hmm. possibly the number one. Wow. Like, he's one. He's the one guy that I, that, that I think, you know – uh, could be right there. Could be par with with uh, Micah Parsons as far as just talent and right. f- physical ability. Um, he's definitely going to be the one that I feel like gives him the most run for his money at the mm-hmm. position. So, I he should have been a first rounder, no doubt. Not only that, but he should have been a mid first rounder, not even into the first round. So, I love it. I think he's like one of the steals of the draft. Um, I I feel like I feel like Owusu Koromara is going to be like a top fifteen player in this draft. We'll, we'll find out by the end of the year, pro um, uh, football focus. The one the one pick that I don't like in this draft was shorts. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. I don't, I, that's the one pick I really I didn't understand. Uh, the only way I can understand it is if they're trading uh, Beckham Jr. Well, that's been the talk, right? It's been rumors. Been we talk. haven't heard anything from them. Could you imagine? But there's been, but there's been right. rumor like everybody's people are talking. All right, here about you it. go. I got the I got the. The dream scenario right now. <laughs> Could you imagine if the Browns traded Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker Mayfield for Aaron Rodgers? Could you imagine that? Hmm. How crazy would that be? I mean, yeah, that would almost you could almost go like straight up with that. That's what I'm saying. Not even exchange any draft picks. Really. Exactly. Interesting. It's so, very interesting. So, what grade did you give the Browns? Um, I like their fourth round picks, both of them. The offensive tackle James Hudson from Cincinnati. Um, he used to play defensive line, right? Um, so it's kind of kind of strange <clears throat> to move. I mean, he's showing a lot of promise already uh, at tackle. You know, um, he, he has great leverage. Uh, his only the only thing I don't really like is just his like his hand to hand combat skills, which obviously are lacking partly because of him playing a new position. Yeah. But he's literally a guy that maybe might not be able to play right away, but could be a great offensive lineman the next few years with the more experience that he gets. Um, so I really like that pick in the fourth round. Uh, the de- the defensive tackle they got, uh, Togaya from Ohio State, I thought that was a great pick. He could really – at defensive tackle, he could really get to the quarterback. Right. Um, I really love that pick. I'm going to have to give the Cleveland Browns an A for this draft. I like it. I Which, like looking at their – that's kind of why I said Baker Mayfield's on the hot seat because looking at this, is that's two – I feel like they had two great drafts in a row. Two great drafts and a deep roster. They have a deep roster. The guys that they brought in as free agents. Yeah, they fit. 
fit great. Like everything about everything is literally all the stars yeah. in the solar system are aligning. are aligning for the first time, probably in Brown's history. Maybe since Jim Brown, I don't know. And no, you know when the last time the stars aligned for the Browns, nineteen ninety six, when they moved the ball. To <laughs> <with> the ball. <laughs> so. All right, guys. So slide note to the last team in the AFC North, which is the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow, which uh, I, I think we talked enough about the fact that they did not try to protect him as much as we thought they should. But what do you got, Jay? Yeah, I mean, we didn't, neither one of us really hated the Jamar Chase pick because we just we like him. We like the player. You know, we just honestly just yeah. we both thought Swell would be the way better pick for them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the Tiger Kings, they take another Tiger, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, but – I think they they in the second round, forty six overall, they went with uh, Jackson Carmen at a Clem at a Clemson, um, and I feel like it was a makeup pick because you know we were talking about how it was a very uh, tackle heavy offensive tackle heavy draft. Like, yeah, there's a lot of really good offensive tackles. Right, um, and honestly, of what was available, I wasn't really happy with it. You know, I, I, if I was a Bengals fan. Uh, I really didn't like it. Um, I I think I actually see him end up being a guard, not even a tackle. And that's that's what happens with a lot of these guys. They talked about it was tackle deep, but throughout the whole pro- draft process, the more and more people spoke, the more and more they saw that it was just going to wind up being that these guys were all moving. Half to guard. of them will be moving to guard. That's the problem. So yeah, if not, maybe more. So, um, but I also like the uh, their pick, uh, Cameron Sample out of Tulane, mm-hmm. the edge rusher. Um, I felt like he. Uh, He's really good at getting to the quarterback. Yeah. Um, I, I like that pick. Um, and also the defensive tackle, uh, Tyler Shelvin from LSU. Um, he's I feel like he's a really good plug up front, you know. Um, he definitely doesn't really get to the quarterback much, but he's definitely a run stuffer, you know. So we'll have to see how it pans out. Can he can he make that happen at the next level, you know? Yeah. So that could be a very good value for him. But I thought it was a good draft. I thought they missed on some stuff. They, Jamar Chase wasn't a bad pick. You know, in the Again, sense it's the ETN picks. It's the same thing. We see, we know why they did it. It's just, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I just went with a C plus. Yeah, you know, because I I do like some of the players that they. Yeah, pick. it was about an average draft. Nothing yeah. special, but the problem is that they needed way more than what they got. So I'd yeah. give them a little bit less than that. All right, so moving on to the AFC West. Uh, how about the the uh, defending AFC champions, the uh, Cincinnati Chiefs? Cincinnati Chiefs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so uh, they basically traded their first round pick for Brown, Orlando Brown. Yeah. Which I thought was a great move for them. Um, I thought it was just exactly what they needed. It wound up being a good pick from both sides. So, so they Especially almost drafted. They almost drafted. Oh yeah, it definitely ended up being great for both sides. Yeah. That was a. Win. I think it was a win overall. Looking at like what the moves that were made and the guys were picked, I think it's definitely a win-win for both teams for yep. sure. Um, so they took with the 58 overall, their second pit round pick, they took Nick Bolton out of Missouri. Right. Um, I feel like he's, I don't know if he has NFL speed, but I feel like the guy is like wise beyond his years. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like he's he, like his he football almost, intelligence. And yeah. His, he almost feels yeah. like a veteran already, you know, has never touched an NFL field and almost yeah. feels like already a veteran. So if his speed can translate, because he is a little on the slower side for right. linebacker. Right. If his speed can translate, he can be a guy that comes in and helps right away. 
But well, that's the thing is that that defense that they have, it's not like they're a shutdown defense that they try to man up on everybody. They're a defense that plays a lot of zone that they're just trying to beat the quarterback by the making the quarterback make a mistake mm-hmm. for the other team. One of the, their other second round pick, they had two, their other second round pick, number 63 overall, um, probably, I don't know, man, it's hard to say. I almost want to say it was my favorite pick of the entire draft. I love Creed Humphrey, man. I, I know, know what you do. It, I love Creed Humphrey. And uh, they got him in the second, and uh, I feel like it's just what Mahomes – how crazy is that? Is it that the Chiefs, like, rebuilt this offensive line that quick? Not the same yeah. that it's, like, a great offensive line, but they went from a complete disaster with both their, both their tackles having uh, major injuries, yeah. you know, major career – you know, career-defining injuries um, – or career costly career ending in the sense that like I think they'll play football again, but they may not even be the same player when they come well, back. They they went from a complete train wreck on the offensive line to something pretty listen, solid. It's in one it season. was more than evident that they lost that Super Bowl because they could not protect Patrick Mahomes. Right. And if they could, who knows? I'm not saying that they still would have beat the the Bucks. Who knows? But they obviously, with that trash offensive line that yeah. they had to put out there, they obviously had no chance. It, it was a lot. Of, yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. If they had, the, if they had this offensive line, okay, you know we, you know we they maybe, got a shot. Maybe we got a ball game, folks. But all right. So what do you got for uh, their grade? I really like their draft. I'm gonna give them a B overall. I agree. I um, and they also on at guard, they got another guy too at guard. I felt like was uh, could end up being when it's all said and done, could end up being like a round two caliber guy, um, Trey Smith from Tennessee. Right. The guard, and they picked him up at the end of the draft that's, that's, in the sixth round. They did like, exactly. I think that was a big steal. I mean, I don't look at him like the same way I look at Creed Humphrey, but I think he was a big steal. You know what I mean? And this guy, by the end of the season, Trey Smith could end up being starter. Exactly, starter on this team. Exactly. All right. So, uh, how about the Raiders? The what do you feel Vegas about their draft? Because, oh boy, this other than their second round pick tra- taking Trevon Morig. TCU, probably the best safety, in my opinion, the best safety on the board, and which which best safety on the board from pretty much everybody, I feel like. Right. Um, if it wasn't for Trey Morig, this is would would be an F minus. Mm. I don't know. Like I don't I don't think F qualify. Like, okay, you know, when you're looking at a grading scale in school, they say like F is like fifty to fifty nine, right? That's right. Like with, you know, and then D is sixty to sixty nine, yada yada yada. I feel like honestly, this is like Below F, like I don't know what the next. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do when it's below a fifty. Like if you're gonna grade somebody, you give them, you know, a, like a twenty-six or something. It's like if it was a really big test and the person just decided, I'm just not even gonna turn it in. Yep. yep. So I gave them. I ended up giving them a D minus, D minus, just for the. Uh, the only reason they didn't completely fail this draft is is they took more. And like I said. I do like Leatherwood. Yeah. I think he's going to be a great That was guard. the most baffling choice. Man. I think he's going to be a I great guard. Dead thing he's up like a second to third round pick, you know? So I think between Morig and, Le- Morig and uh, Leatherwood, I still think they got two good players, you know? Bad value, really bad value on Leatherwood. But he's still – I think he's a good player. So that's why I gave There was him- better players available exactly. at that time. That's why I gave them the D minus. Oh my gosh! And you know what the sad part about this draft is? But it's a very low D minus. Like it's, a, it's like a sixty-one D minus. So they they failed this draft, as far as I'm concerned, and they're in the same division of the team that I actually think had the second best draft. Who is 
the Chargers. Oh, my gosh. So what do you got with them, man? Yeah, I'm totally in love with this Chargers draft, man. This is definitely one of – like the Browns, like the Ravens, um, you know, like the Bears. This is like – this is like in my top yeah. four. I think this is my number two as far as I'm number concerned. Number two. I uh, really – Bears than Chargers. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm really digging this Chargers draft. Rashawn Slater, excellent pick at 13. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have been there at 13. Thank you, all the quarterbacks. Yep. <laughs> but it was just kind of a quarterback year, you know, so all these quarterbacks went early. Rashawn Slater, great pick. We talked about him already. Round two, Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State. What a great pick from Isn't round that, two. It yeah. is. Um, but one I even like just as much is their round three pick at 77 overall. They took Josh Palmer, the wide receiver out of Tennessee. Yep. Um, this guy legitly could be their number two wide receiver day one. Yeah. That's how good I think this guy is. I agree. Like, I think he's good enough to be – I mean, their receiving core is definitely lackluster minus um, Allen. Allen, Keenan Allen. But uh, – so, I mean, that's not like just going crazy saying, oh, he could be their number two. No, but I think but, I think the reason why he went where he went is because in in uh, the, the quarterback in college was just okay. Yeah. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and, and Palmer's going up against a lot of uh, elite college talent. Right. You know, playing in the SEC. Exactly. So, um, I, this guy legitimately could be – they draft him in the third round. He could legitimately be their number two wide receiver heading into the season. Um, I definitely like that. Um, the only pick I did not like was Trey McKitty out of Georgia, the tight end. Um, I think it was one of the worst picks in the draft. I honestly had this guy as uh, as almost as an undrafted player, and you know, and they took him with their third overall pick, uh, ninety seven overall. See, I think he fits their their uh, offensive scheme pretty well, man. Do you? I, I just, really do. I just, dude, he's nothing special athletically at all. He drops way too many passes. I don't think they're using him as a, as a pass receiving tight end. He's going to be an extra offense. He's not even a great blocker, though. I think that's what they're going to do. I don't think he's a good blocker. If you were going to do that, because they took him in the third round, if you're going to do that, there's there was other dudes that were just awesome, uh, uh, awesome pass or awesome uh, blocking tight ends that you could take or fullbacks. Yeah, I just think that they think obviously more high of him than than you do. They must. They must. So, you know, they must. Well, but then I, I like Chris uh, Chris Rumpf too from uh, Duke. Yeah, the, that's just a, the edge rusher. Yeah. He's only two hundred thirty five pounds. Um, you know that he's going to have to put on even if he plays that outside linebacker role as a rusher. You know that kind of like that three four outside guy. Um, he's still going to have to put on weight. Like yeah, two hundred thirty five pounds is not enough. And he will. He's still got that kid body though. Yeah, he's still got that kid body. I think he can and will. I think it was a great pick for round four. Um, I give these guys an A. Mm-hmm. I agree. Grade. Yep. So all right. So I they could have got an well. A plus if it wasn't for the Trey McKitty pick. Mm-hmm. They could have got an A plus. Yeah. The uh, like I said, I think the only the only team that had a better draft than them was the Bears. All right. So sliding on Aaron Rodgers next home, the uh, very last <laughs> team in the AFC West, which is the Denver Broncos. Yep. Um, Denver Broncos. We talked about Patrick Surtain. Yep. We we said how we thought that you know we were, thought they were going to go quarterback. They yep. didn't. Um, they went with Surtain, and I don't think it was the wrong pick. I think he's a great fit for this defense. I think he's a very good player. I love it. Uh, it was a Cowboys round. pick. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, I the Cowboys should have moved up if they really wanted him. They should have moved up. Yep. Um, the running back Javante Williams. We talked about him out of North Carolina. How how he fits this offense and how he can make a big impact right away. 
you know, especially when we don't know what's going on with Melvin Gordon. We don't know. Yeah. Is he going to be there? Is he going to be available he's, week one? He's absolutely going to take over for the lack that uh, Philip Lindsay did with this team. Exactly. Know? I think he's all, I think he's definitely head and shoulders above uh, above um, Melvin, Melvin Gordon, Gordon or Philip Lindsay already as it, as it is. Yep. You know, as it is. So, um, so I definitely see him just taking over that starting role. I, I def I think I personally think he's the best running back in the draft. I really do. I think he's better than Harris. I think he's better than ETN. I, I, he's my. He, I think he's the best running back in the draft. Um, That's saying a lot. Yep. And for him to go number three. Yeah. Number three running back. Um, and they took him in the second round. So, um, I also like the uh, lineman they took uh, Minerts out of Wisconsin Whitewater. Now it's a really small school. So um, same thing. Like if you're if you're going to come from a really small school. Uh, and be highly toted like that, you got to dominate your competition. Exactly. Um, and I think he definitely dominated his competition for sure. Um, he has the potential, even though he was, even though he was coming from a small school, he has the potential to be the best interior offensive lineman in this draft. That's saying a lot for this deep. Draft. He has the potential to be the best interior offensive lineman in the draft. Um, so I, I definitely, am definitely going to be watching this guy with a magnifying glass. Um, I definitely am, and and digging him as, as their third round pick. Um, the safety they took, uh, Jamar Johnson. Um, he's one of those, I think he was a steal for the fifth round. They didn't really need it. They, they have the best safety tandem in the NFL. Yeah. But he's easily gives them depth, and I think he was a steal for the fifth round. So yeah, I really like. I think that. he was best available, and that's what they took. And he's a guy that can move into that uh, slot corner too. He's, I mean, he's he could easily be their uh, their that fifth secondary dude. He could be he could jump into that slot corner. He played a he did end up playing a lot in the slot, right? You know, over in in Indiana. So well, there you go. Um, so what kind of grade do you give them? Uh, I gave him a B plus, man. A B plus. I gave him a B plus. I didn't think it was the greatest draft, but it was definitely one of the better drafts in the NFL. I think it's a draft that, that is going to help them now and later. Both. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So totally agree. All right. Well, that is the AFC, the complete AFC draft review, guys. Um, I'll tell you what, that that show, I really enjoyed that show a lot, Jay. Um, the the Mac Jones versus Cam Newton just cracked me up. <laughs> he said so, too much, we had too much fun with that. <laughs> yeah. So all right, guys. So make sure you hit us up later. Uh Earl. Later this week, we're going to talk a little bit of baseball. We're going to talk a little bit of basketball with the playoffs getting ready to get started and uh, whether or not LeBron James, we'll see him come back with his injuries. Yeah. So, um, all right, guys. Can't we'll wait talk to dig you. into that. True sure. story. So, we'll talk to you guys next time. See you.